You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode number 257 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about habits that could be hurting your blended family, which is a great place for you to start if you're new to the show, because we're going to be talking about some very basic things, but it's also a great refresher for those who have been listening for a long time, because we're going to cover some things that, yes, I've covered before in different episodes, but these are all together some of the biggest things that you could be doing that could be keeping your family from progressing forward. And some of you might be doing maybe one or two things. Some of you might be doing a lot of things on the list. So I think that this is a really great episode to listen to. And if you know anyone else and you direct them to the show, this is also a good starting episode for them as well. So, and when we speak about bad habits, by the way, um, I had a very bad habit this week that I needed to learn to break, which was that I, I got a little depressed this week again. And one of my bad habits is that anytime I'm down or depressed, I won't ask for help at all. And I won't allow people to help me. And my husband, you know, he, he came in and one thing that lifted me up out of it was he told me, you know, honey, it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel like that. You know, I'm, the reason I'm telling you this is because I know a lot of you are also struggling. This has been one of the most challenging, difficult years that any of us have ever faced or that we probably ever will in our world. And it's impossible to not get down sometimes. But when you're down, you just can't stay there. And hopefully you have somebody that helps lift you out. But I know I'm the type of person, if I feel like my depression is annoying to other people or bothering other people that'll make me more depressed and it was really helpful for my husband to just come and tell me it was just okay you know to just validate me and to tell me it's okay to not feel good and I don't have to be super positive all the time because believe it or not you might hear me being positive a lot on the show but I have my down times too we all do we're human and so it's just a good reminder and it was a good thing for me to realize too that it's okay to ask for help and that people want to help me and if I take that away from them then they you know I take away their happiness too so um but I'm feeling much better now you know no no one's immune from sadness or struggle not not me either but I'm I'm doing a lot better so uh, I did want to talk quickly about the Facebook group uh the rules are pinned at the top I know that I'm not in there a whole lot right now I do apologize I do promise to get better I finally popped in there the other day and I saw that there were some advertisements there some things that are going against the rules of the group and so I just wanted to remind everybody that the rules are there for a reason obviously we have the standard rules be nice, don't judge, blah, 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 all those usual things. But also the no promotion rule is there for a reason because I want to protect the integrity of the group. I don't want you coming to the group for support and all you see are ads for this and ads for that and this person's, you know, doing something over here and this person's selling a product over there. I, I just, that's not what the group is for. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, there are other groups that allow you to post stuff like that. We're just not going to do it in, in this group. 
And that's only because, you know, I, I want you guys to have a full place of support. And if I let one person do it, then everybody does it. And then there goes the group downhill really, really quick. Uh, if you haven't joined the group and you want to get in there, it's blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. I would really like to be much more interactive with you. I'm really bad at social media, you guys. I've told you before, I'm terrible at it and I'm terrible at marketing. That's those two things, just horrible. One of these days, I'm going to have to hire somebody. Right now, I can't. I've asked if anybody in the group loves the group. You love being there. You're there every day. If you want to help be an admin, I'll make you an admin just so you can give me a hand with things like this. Um, but I'm, I'm on my way to improvement. It's just one of the things that doesn't bring me joy. And I'm trying lately to just not do the things that don't make me happy. So um, that was one of the things that I learned this year. So I'm sorry, I will get better and I'll try to get in that group and monitor a little more. So, but thank you for following the rules. And again, if you need a refresher of the rules, just go right there to the top of the page and you can read those there. So last week we talked to Eileen Robertson Hamra. She wrote a memoir, Time to Fly, which was a tragic but beautiful story of her of her life and her blended family. So if you missed that, you can go check that out. And next week starts our perspective teenage show which I've been promising it's going to be a two-part show the first part for the parents and the second part's going to be for your teenagers so this is going to be great you know we've we've ra- we're raising I shouldn't say we've raised because we're not done yet but we are in the midst of raising four teenagers two who have reached of age and two who are almost there and I can hardly believe that in you know in less than a year we're going to have all four above the age of 18 is just absolutely crazy to me but I would definitely say that teenagers were our least favorite phase of development it was probably the most challenging difficult heart-wrenching time of our life and so that's why I wanted to bring this show to you because sometimes if we can really get into the mind of a teenager and understand them a little bit better it can just help us so much in how to deal with them and I have an expert joining me for that next week so be sure to come and check that out and even if you don't have teenagers yet they will be teenagers soon and you'll want this information in advance All right, I'm working on some new sponsors for the show. One of them that I'm going to be announcing very soon, super excited about. Uh, But for now, I'm just going to play this ad from this week's sponsor, Living the Good Life Naturally, and I will be right back to talk about your family's bad habits. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues, including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. I myself am a huge believer in these products, and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. And check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. 
Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. Okay, so let's get into this. We're going to talk about the bad habits that your blended family is having that could be stopping your progress forward. So the first thing is where do these bad habits come from? They really just come from lack of knowledge. We get into this blended family and we're so excited and we can't wait and we don't think about anything negative because we're happy and we're in bliss and we're in a new relationship and we just start to live and then we make some mistakes and the mistakes get repeated because we don't know any better and before long we have patterns that are developing from these repeated behaviors and then it's so hard to change a pattern, isn't it? So. It's okay if it's never too late to change. Let me just say that. It doesn't matter if you have one bad habit on this list that I'm going to talk about or all bad habits. It's never too late to change them. And so the other thing I wanted to say to you is I don't want you feeling bad or guilty if as I go through this list, you're like, oh my gosh, we're doing so many of these things. Like, it's okay. It's totally okay. The only way that we learn is by doing, and a lot of times we do things the wrong way, just like my family did, right? We made lots of mistakes, lots and lots of mistakes, and we had to go through that stuff to come out on the other side, and that's why I'm here today to talk to you guys about this, because maybe we can prevent some of that um, from happening, or we can, we can learn to pivot. So do not feel bad or guilty at all, because that is not gonna help you move forward at all. Okay, so don't feel bad, just seek to change, right? We always want to do a little bit better. So if you're not happy with some of the things that are going on, then I want you to listen real closely to this list and see if your family is doing any of these. Also, if you can, share this with your partner, your spouse, so that they can listen to it too because consistency is key. If we have one person in the family trying to change habits and do all this stuff, but then the other people in the family aren't doing anything to change, well, you're just gonna be like spinning in your hamster wheel and not getting anywhere. So I know sometimes it's difficult, you can't get everybody on board for everything, but the most important person in your corner is your partner or your spouse, right? Where it's always us against the kids anyway, right? We, We have the kids and we have the parents in the other corner and that's just kind of how it is. And so we really need to be a united front in front of our kids, they need to know that we are a team and we need to be consistent. That's the first thing that you need to know about how to change these bad habits. Um, Well, actually, the first thing is to just notice that you have the habits at all. Some people don't even notice what's going on. They're just not self-aware. And so I want you to become more self-aware. Start just noticing that the habits are there. And then you're just going to make small changes step by step, baby steps right? You're not going to change multiple habits at once. And I don't want you to. That's going to be overwhelming. And it's going to be setting you up for disappointment and failure when it doesn't go your way. So just pick one to start with first, probably the easiest one. The one that you think will be the easiest habit to conquer. That's the one that you pick, you tackle it. And then you decide the next thing that you're going to work on. Okay, so we're going to go through this list. Now, let me grab my little list here. Okay, so the first one, the first bad habit that blended families have is keeping a yours versus mine mentality, right? Those are your kids, these are my kids. Now I know sometimes we have to say that when we're out and about and we're introducing our family to people and we want them to know whose kids are which, but when we're in the home, when we're under the roof of the home, 
and we're all together, we don't want it to be yours versus mine mentality. We want it to be ours. We want it to be one cohesive blended family unit. We want to be a family. And so what happens with the yours versus mine, which it's usually the kids that start that kind of stuff first, right? This is, this is my toy. This is my room. These are my things. Uh, and then what happens is sometimes they get into arguments and they'll start to fight back and forth and then they tattle. And then now you're like, well, your kid said this or your kid did that. And that just causes so much division, especially if the kids see that they're doing that to you. If they see that you're kind of, they're pinning you up against each other like that, then that's how they manipulate the system. So we can't allow that. So we never let the kids see us divided and we don't get divided, right? Equal, one team, united, especially in front of the kids. And we want to develop an ours mentality. You know, we always called them our kids in my blended family. We, yes, we would specify if we had to, but otherwise they were our kids and we treated them the same as much as we could. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we tried. We tried. And that's the only way that you're going to develop into the blended family that you want. If you want a divided blended family, then keep the yours versus mine, where everything's separate. But that's not going to get you to where you want to be. Okay? All right, next. Using the children as messengers. Gosh, that is so damaging, but it is a habit that I would say almost every blended family does at one point or another because it's just easier, right? It's easier to say, Hey, could you tell mom that I'll be there at such and such a time to pick you up or whatever it might be that the message is. But what happens is you start getting into that habit and then the messages get more involved. And then we're asking our kids to deliver messages that they might mess up. Or what's even worse is it could be a message that triggers their parents and they're on the receiving end of whatever energy that that invokes. And that's not fair to do that to your child. They don't want to be in that position. It's confusing and I'm telling you, they hate it. They do not want to deliver messages between you and your ex. So we need to be the adults and we need to have direct communication, especially when they're young. When the kids get a little bit older, sometimes they can handle some simple messages back and forth. They still don't like the habit because it's just not fair to do that to them, right? So when you can, you want to try direct communication. Okay, the next one. Telling the kids too much. Now, I know that I talk all the time about how you need to be very open and honest with your kids. So that's not what I mean here. I do feel that way. I will always say that you should be open and honest with your kids. But it's also important to be age appropriate. And it's also important to not tell them too much. There's certain things that your kids don't need to know. They don't need to know what goes on in your personal relationship with your partner. They don't need to know when you have a fight with your partner. They don't need to know what's going on between you and your ex, which is their other parent. They don't need to know these things. And telling them these things can cause them to develop animosity or resentment towards that person, and that's not fair. So don't do that to them. They don't need to know. Most of the time, they don't even understand some of this stuff. So just be careful about what you're telling them. And again, tell them everything that they should know, be honest, be age appropriate, but you know what they're not supposed to know. They don't need to know things that should be between adults, okay? Next, treating the kids unfairly. Now, 
I completely understand that kids can't all be treated the same. You have different ages of kids. You have different behaviors, different personality styles. Some kids have mental illness. Some kids have autism. There's just so many different variants here. So you should never treat, you can't. You just can't treat them all exactly the same. But you can treat them all fairly. So there is a difference. Because they notice when things aren't fair. They notice when things aren't equal. Right? If you're, if you're giving them cookies and you give everyone two cookies, but you give one child five cookies, don't you think they're going to notice that immediately? So it's the same with everything in your house. They notice everything and they will tell you. And when you don't treat them fairly, it hurts them and it causes conflict, it causes a lot of sibling rivalry, right? So we want to treat them as equal as we possibly can. I know it's difficult to avoid. What's really difficult to avoid is the treatment in the other homes, right? So maybe it's a holiday and the kids get showered with gifts at a different house, but then at your house, you can't do that. That's just one example of something like that. You can't control that. There's nothing you can do about that. So I don't mean that. You cannot control what goes on in your ex-partner's homes. You can only control what goes on in your house. And yes, you should control it to be as fair as you possibly can among the kids when it comes to things like responsibilities, chores, disciplines. Now I know you're not going to treat a 15-year-old the same way you are a 6-year-old. They're not going to have the same punishment. A 15-year-old might get their phone taken away and a 6-year-old might go sit in time out. But you still need to have things that fit, you know, punishment that fits the crime and it needs to kind of be across the board. And if you have a you know, a, a yours and mine kid, right, Want each of your kids, and they get in trouble for the same thing, well, then they should be punished the same way, not, well, I'm going to punish my child, but you're not going to punish your child, because that's going to cause just a major, major rift, and also between the step-parents um, and the stepchild as well, possibly. So um, where it really counts the most, honestly, though, gifts and punishments that, that that's the most place where they will notice the inequality and you know we used to tell our kids when they well it's not fair um as long as we knew that we were being as fair as we possibly could in the situation we never worried about that stuff because kids are always going to say it's not fair about everything right but I want you to just take a look like are you being fair are you both being fair to the kids on both sides maybe you only have kids on one side you know but this happens more in the families, this particular uh, habit happens more in the families where there are kids on both sides because that's where they notice the unequal treatment. Could happen in traditional homes or where there's this, the kids on the one side, but that just, that's just a normal thing that we talk about, right? We, we know that. Kids, kids notice all that stuff, okay? So next bad habit is working against the other bio or step-parent. I mean... This sounds like common sense, but people are doing this every day in their blended family. They are always working against the other parent um, for all kinds of reasons. You know, it could be jealousy. You might still have some, some anger, some resentment, whatever is going on there. You're, you're mad at them for past stuff. And what happens is you use that anger and you just don't cooperate with them. You know, a lot of times I see parents not cooperating. It has nothing to do with the kids at all. They're just not cooperating because they don't like each other. Well, let's think about that for a minute. Is that fair to the kids because you don't like somebody 
you're just going to work against them. What does that teach your kids? That doesn't teach them very much. So it's damaging for the kids. It slows your progress. You know, even in your relationship with your ex, it's not going to be helpful at all. No, you need to compromise. You need to learn how to work better together, even if you don't like each other. Because what do you have to teach your children that you're, you're, sometimes you have to work with people in your life that you don't like? So go ahead and treat it like a business relationship. That's, that's what you should do anyway. If you can't get along, you treat it like a business relationship. You offer that person the same respect and courtesy that you would in a place of business, right? You're not gonna go to your job and just start harassing or yelling at your cubicle partner next door because you don't like them. You're not gonna do that. You get fired. But we shouldn't do that in real life either, especially with the parents of our child. Don't work against them. It's, it's only hurting your kids. It's only hurting your kids. And it actually hurts you too if you're doing it because it's just not, it's not a good energy to have inside of you. That lack of cooperation is not good. We, we need to start working better together. All of us, really. Next, being dishonest and keeping secrets. This, this one is pretty damaging in a blended family. A lot of times what happens, um, it, it starts with little lies. You know, maybe you don't want to tell your partner about something that your kid did because they might get mad. So you just keep that little secret and you tell your kid to keep the secret. You should never do that. You should never keep, tell your child to keep a secret from another parent. And as a parent, you should never keep a secret from the other parent. You just shouldn't do that. Um, also, wh whether you're, you know, with your new partner, or you shouldn't do it with your ex-partner either. If there's something that they need to know about the kids, you shouldn't keep secrets um, at all. I mean, I know that there are caveats to everything, um, but I'm actually talking about in your own home with your own partner and your own family. Um, that just causes major irreparable damage. You know, the truth always comes out. I used to say that to my kids, and it's, it's absolute honesty here. You can't lie and think that the truth is never going to come out. It always comes out one way or another. And what happens is there's trust that's lost. And when you lose trust, it is so hard to build that back. It really, really is. And so one of the things that we always used to say is, you know, brutal honesty. Even if I don't want to know, you've got to tell me. And we've had some difficult conversations, but we don't believe in secrets. You start keeping secrets, you'll never trust your partner again. Either one of you. So just don't do that. That's that's a definitely a bad habit that you could be in. Um, and I know it happens, a lot of times it happens just trying to protect your child from the step-parent, um, maybe what they're gonna say or think about something, you know, but um, I just don't think that it's a healthy habit to get into at all. So dishonesty and keeping secrets, no good. Next, lack of communication um, and or understanding one another's needs. So this happens a lot in a blended family because we just get complacent. We forget the importance of this constant communication that you need you, almost more in a blended family, uh, definitely more, I would say, in a blended family than in a traditional family because there's a lot more moving parts. And if you stop talking about what's going on, things start to get buried, um, especially there's a lot of people who don't want to rock the boat. You know, I don't know if you're listening or you can think about your partner. There's usually one partner that just 
swallows a little bit more, maybe doesn't say certain things that are on their mind because they don't want to upset the other person or don't want to upset the kids. And when you bury your emotions like that, when you keep swallowing everything, you're going to end up with so much resentment and pain inside of your physical body because you're not getting it out, what you need to say. So that's just a really bad habit to get into. You've got to talk. And, you know, when I talk about understanding one another's needs, like if you're not communicating your needs, how do you expect your partner to understand what your needs are? They're only going to understand if you've explained to them and you told them what you need, you know, and you, and you, you can simply say, this is what I need from you right now. You have to teach somebody how to treat you. So, and that happens by talking to them, not burying, and really trying to understand what would make one another happy. Because in a blended family home, it's, it's challenging, it's difficult. And if you can't find some happiness, and you can't make sure that you're getting some of your needs met, you might not get all of your needs met. Life is crazy, right? But at least if you felt like you were being heard, then that would make you feel a lot better. So make sure that you're communicating. Make sure you're trying to understand one another. Super, super important. The next bad habit, not establishing proper structure or boundaries. This, um, a lot of people get into this. Like I said in the beginning, you, you have your blended family and you decide to move in together and you take off running, you're so excited. And you don't think to have those difficult conversations because everything is going great. So you're like, gosh, I don't want to talk about rules. I don't want to talk about boundaries right now. And also you might not feel you need them at the beginning. Especially you don't need them at the beginning because you don't even know. You don't even know what you're in for. You don't know everybody's personalities yet. And you don't know how everyone's going to flow together. But if you don't have those conversations, things are going to start happening. And you're not going to be prepared. You're not going to know how to deal with them because you hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet. Now some things there's no way to prepare for. You just life just happens sometimes. But there are some things that you should establish in the very beginning. Some basic things like chores. Right? What kind of chores are the kids going to have? What are the rules of the house? What are the basic rules? What is the disciplinary structure like? Who disciplines? Who does what? Who has what responsibilities around the house? Who handles the money? Who handles the bills? Who does the meal planning? Who does the laundry? All of these things, if you don't figure it out at the beginning, you're going to have a mess on your hands. So maybe you're already in that mess now and you're like, gosh, but what do I do now? It's okay. You can still create the structure and the boundaries whenever you need to as certain things come up. One of the biggest things that I think would help in the beginning is to establish family meetings. But I know a lot of people have resistance to this. You know, I was gonna come up with a course, a family meeting course, but we held off on it because we weren't sure what people would do. Because I know family meetings are the one thing that people, either they love them or they despise them. And a lot of times they despise them because they're just not rolled out in the correct way. And so if you have a, a successful family meeting, that's a great way to establish what those rules look like you know if not you can post it on the fridge or you can just have conversations about it again communicate about these things but it's super important and it's it's especially important for the kids because if you don't tell them up front what you expect 
right? Let's say you're two years into your blended family. The kids never had rules. They never had structure. And all of a sudden your house is chaos and you're like, that's it. You know, right? The quarantine this year, everybody's working from home now. And you all of a sudden are like, this is a mess and I need to have a schedule and I need to have people doing different things to help me out. It's going to be a lot harder after these kids maybe had two years of doing whatever they wanted and now they're expected to conform. So again, take it slow. If you have not established this and you are not in the beginning of your blended family, you have to understand that this is going to be a slow rollout. You're going to have to do this little by little. You can't just dump a whole bunch of boundaries and structure on your family after it's been blended for years and expect that that's going to go smoothly. It's going to start with communicating, talking to your partner, coming up with a plan, and then rolling out things just little by little with the kids one by one so that they can get used to it. But if you are in the beginning stages of your blended family, I can't stress this enough, establish this as soon as you possibly can. You can always tweak it. You can always change it. That's what those meetings are for. But you've got to have a good starting place so everybody knows what to expect. Just like when your kids go to school, they need to know what to expect in their classroom from the teacher. And on the very first day of school, the teacher lays it out for them. Here's what I expect. Here's my rules of the class. Here's what happens if you don't follow the rules, etc. So same thing with your blended family. They have to know. You have to spell it out for them. Otherwise, they don't know. And, and that was one of the areas that we really dropped the ball on. We never, never did it. Never did it until it was too late. And our kids had so much resistance at that point to the family meeting that it was just, it was impossible at that point. Um, so we had to, you know, do it a little bit differently. So that's that one. And then the last one here is not being consistent. I talked a little bit about being consistent. Everyone's got to be on the same page at least you and your partner. But when I say consistent, like you're going to make mistakes. You're going to forget. You're going to be like, oh man, I, I didn't do my best today, but that doesn't matter. We're looking for overall consistency. You know, trying to do the same thing over and over again. That's how you create a habit in the first place. It takes 21 days to create a habit of doing that same thing consistently every day for 21 days. And then before you know it, you have a healthy habit. And so you've got to be consistent, super, super important. So let me just run through and repeat those real quick again for you. Keeping a yours versus mine mentality, using the children as messengers, these are all bad habits, uh, telling the kids too much, treating the kids unfairly, working against the other bio or step parent, dishonesty and keeping secrets, lack of communication and or understanding one another's needs, not establishing proper structure and boundaries, and not being consistent. So in closing, I just, I hope that this was really helpful for you today. I don't want you to be hard on yourselves if you feel like you're doing many of these things. Like I said, it's okay. The most important thing is to just become aware that the habits are there. Awareness is all you need at first to then begin making very small adjustments in your day. And I hope that you have your partner or your spouse listen as well so that it's a team effort. But if you backslide, it's okay. It's not going to be perfect. If you expect it to be perfect, it's going to leave you being very discouraged. All blended families struggle with these negative habits. That's why blended families are so challenging. That's why I have this list here. Now, if you maybe are thinking, gosh, 
I know some habits that Melissa didn't mention. I love feedback. You can send that in to me, Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Please share this show with a blended family that you know that might benefit from this topic. Um, I'd love to share it and get it to as many blended families as I can. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it was helpful. And let me know how you do. Let me know. Hey, shoot me a line and let me know how many of these habits that your blended family has and which one that you're going to work on first. I would love to hear back from you so that I can help you and we can all hold each other accountable so that we can have the best blended family that we can have. Love you guys. See you next week. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.